it's a waiting game. I mean, you know, we, I'm not, I'm not too. I mean, my my Bitcoin is is, is nasty. It's it's low, but so is my. <laughs> So it's so it my portfolio. I mean, that's not. I mean, when I'm thinking like how much I how much I had in there versus now. That's nasty. I mean, it's gross. <laughs> Hops and Stocks podcast is presented by Hundred Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. Welcome back to the Hops and Socks podcast. This is episode 42. <laughs> Hold on, man. What is that? <laughs> Little Father's Day gift, man. Uh, shout out to uh, the people that uh, I think it's pronounced Rec Etched. Okay. But yeah, uh, got this from my family, man. It's a wood sign etched with the, you know, the, the name and the logo, baby. Oh, man, that's dope. Doing? That's dope. Also got a same company. I don't know if this will show, but, uh, you know, it's a bottle. It's got a nice little dad, uh, some dad verbiage on there. So when I get me some good stuff, maybe E, you can loan me uh, something to fill this up with. A bottle or two I can dig yeah, in. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be good to go. I got you. Happy uh, Father's Day to everybody out there too, man. I know we late with it, but. Yeah, late with it. Yeah. By the time this air, we'll be probably about 10 days late with it. But Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks from the that's day. it. I mean, that's apropos anyway, man. You know, don't nobody give a damn about Father's Day. So. Hey, yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> On Mother's Day, you can't find a restaurant. Nah, hell no. Nah. Father's Day, it's open. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me give you my, my finest booth, sir. <laughs> I'm going to keep it 1,000. I had no clue up until I believe like Friday that it was even either Father's Day. I'm dead serious because, I, I mean, I don't, I don't celebrate my dad. I mean, I mean, truth be told, I don't, well, I keep that off the pot, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, so I don't look, at, being a father, you know what I'm saying, you don't, I'm not sitting here checking for, like, when are my kids going to celebrate me, like, it's for yeah, them to, like, hey, yo, happy Father's Day. Hey, man, um, you better start checking, like, tell your kids, like, hey, man, ramp this shit up for me <laughs> <laughs> next year. <laughs> I can dig it, but let me go ahead and finish up this intro, man. Like I said, welcome back to the Hops and Stocks podcast, brought to you by 100 Spoke Media Group. Uh, we are fortunate enough and honored once again to have one of our favorite guests, Don Marbury. And um, I don't know if Don knows, but it's still like I think our 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 number one YouTube video. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm saying so. Yeah, they checking for you, Don. So anytime we can get you back, and we can promote the pod and promote what you got going on. You know what I'm saying as soon as I sh- shot you the text, I'm like. You hit me right back, and I was like, oh, yeah, Don got that excitement. So I know we're going to have a good pod, man. Um, I see that Sanchez is logging in here, so we might. No word, okay. Yeah, he's logging in here at the bottom. But, man, let's go ahead and um, get these brews started. We got my man, Mr. – you got a can. I don't even know what to say no more, man. It used to be <laughs> – you know what I'm saying? Is it Mr. What's in this bottle? Or Okay. All okay. right. We got my man, Mr. Mr. What's in this can, man. Okay. So let's talk about it. What's in this can? <laughs> this is um, from Streetside Brewery. Um, I didn't shout out to Street Streetside. Hey, if y'all gonna sponsor him, y'all gotta sponsor us. <laughs> um, I had this in the in the tuck for a while. Um, only reason is because they're like fourteen bucks for a single, so I just can't be haphazardly just killing these. So this is Tier Masu Demogorgon. 
if you're familiar with Stranger Things, this is a playoff of that. So as you can see, he has on the uniform from the ice cream shop. Um, and it's the Demogorgon. This is a uh, rye barrel aged imperial stout with um, chocolate, coffee, and vanilla. It's coming in at like 12%, 12.7%. So it's definitely boozy. Yeah, so we're going to check back on B-Dub around 8.45 and see where he at with it. Well, it's my birthday tomorrow, so you know. Yeah, man. Happy, happy B-Day, birthday. brother. You know what I'm saying? It's B-Dub season. This is a bad pour right here. You phone me over there? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that ain't bad, man. Yeah, it ain't bad at all. Not bad. Horrible. So it was definitely a stout. Um, you can see that. Um, side of that that aromatic glass. Um, definitely can smell that chocolate. Um, I'm not a fan of rye, but you know it has chocolate, um, caramel. Um, it says fruit, but I'm not getting it off the off the opening. Oh yeah, this. <laughs> It's a pretty good uh, style right here. This is uh definitely chocolate. It's it's um it's full body. I get it's a it's a four and a half, man. Four and a half. Okay. It's four and a half. Hey, hey beat up. Does that uh I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it, that that D word is it Demog Demogorgon or Demogorgon? Does that mean anything in terms of the beer? Demogorgon is like a monster. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Sporms I'm concerned. Yeah, it's like a monster. I don't know if it's a it got to be a fictional monster because ain't nothing in the real world looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't that uh is that somebody from SpongeBob or something? Oh, that that was the outfits they had on. In one oh of the yeah, episodes. yeah, you said that. You said that. That's yeah, they, yeah, they, they were working yeah. at a uh, ice cream shop. Hey, Don, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Welcome back. Sorry, I'm late, fellas. How's everybody doing? Man, welcome back, brother. Y'all still oh, whack. Y'all still some whack. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it's a dessert stout. So. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this joint out of street side out of Cincinnati. Tiramisu. It's definitely got that that tiramisu. It should have like a little coffee note on the back. Dessert. It definitely has a coffee note to it, which I love. That vanilla's in there, chocolate. But I'm not getting that fruit, which it says it has. But uh, I definitely would recommend this. Uh, love coffee notes. Yeah, but I don't like coffee though. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm like that too, man. Yeah, I I like it in in. And porters, I'm sorry, and uh, and stouts. I can't sit around and drink a cup of coffee though. But you know what? Since we've been doing these with with, with a couple of beers with coffee notes in them, I, I can I can drink some coffee. Mm -hmm. I made my mom some black coffee, and she all she wanted was sugar. I'm like, let me taste this, and it was all right. I drank it. I like I like cold coffee, man, but I can't mess with it. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to drink something that's like 150 degrees. <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're not even drinking that. I've had now I've had some good cold brews and I mix it with like uh like this cinnamon uh creamery stuff. But it's oh, yeah, a, it's basically yeah. a dessert, man. Like it's not even coffee at that point. Yeah. Yeah, once it gets all creamy, that's not coffee. That's, yeah. I mean Yeah, I, I just go I go black. I used to do all that shake. like like you eat, put all that stuff in there, but I just go black now. That's chocolate milk. Once it gets all creamy like that, that's just ch chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, once again, it's Tiramisu uh, Demogorgon, Tiramisu uh, Street Side, four and a half. That's what's happening. What I you like got, it. 
All right, man, I'm taking it to uh, that state up north. I've got a Founders Brewing uh, Mas Agave Classica, and it's grapefruit. Uh, it says it's an imperial goss-style ale brewed with agave, nectar, sea salt, and tequila, or aged in tequila barrels uh, with added grapefruit. Man, that sounds great. Joint looks like this. I think I've had that before. And then in the cup, joint looks like this. Okay. I don't really get too many notes. I, I am smelling, you know, some of that barrel, but I ain't getting no grapefruit or nothing like that. But, you yeah, know, we'll see. Hmm. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Wow. He likes it. He likes it. Hey, well, I, would, I mean, for, I mean, for the smell, I wasn't expecting how sweet that was gonna hit. <laughs> let me see. Let me see the can again. It's a bottle, brother. It's a bottle. Oh, I'm gonna have to get that. Yeah, man. Woo! You haven't even talked about it yet. Yeah, I'm about to say, man, he just I, I, to I was gonna say. Let me <laughs> let me see if I can describe it, man. I mean, I'm getting a little bit of the grapefruit. I'm getting some of that salt. They said there was some sea salt. Um, it's definitely. It's not sour like, you know, straight up grapefruit. So maybe that's, I don't know, some of the agave that you're getting or the nectar. This is good, man. Four, four, seven, five, man. Wow. Four, seven, five. It's up there. And, and it hits too. It, it ain't uh, it ain't no pump. This is a, uh, I thought I saw a nine on here somewhere. Let's see if I can find that. Yeah, nine point seven. So you ten ten percent sweet. Sign me up, man. You see that can again, Blast? Founders out of Michigan, Mas um, Agave Classica. You got it from the the Honey Hole. Yeah, HH. It, it's on uh on that back wall, but opposite of it. How much? Right, right across from. It. I don't I'm know. Good. Probably probably four something like oh. that. They they had it uh, broken up in the singles. Yeah, I I'd definitely get another one of these for sure. This might be five, man. Oh man, y'all coming in with some yeah. We numbers. came in strong. All right, well look, I'll go next then. What I have here is a oh. life. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't even put it in a glass. Refreshing. No glass needed. Killed the podcast. <laughs> I'm just messing with y'all, man. I, I know someone's done this already, but since I'm a little ill-prepared, I'm just going to go with the Sonder. It's a, um, I'm glad you're doing that. It's a um, chocolate cherry frosted milkshake IPA with chocolate and cherries. So I'm going to try this real quick. I can't remember what it tastes like. I saw that in the store and was like, man, I, should I get this again? I know I had it, but I can't remember what it tastes like. Right. Hold on. <laughs> What do you have to do? Tell somebody to knock it off? Man, they're loud upstairs. Man, I got my girls got a, their friends over. You like look like he was gargling, like <laughs> like. He <took> <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got to be fire with that color. I think me and B Dub had the mango one that really really didn't do much. Man, it's, oh, that was all. It's like an IPA coming off the nose. Yeah, as you said, you said it was milkshake, right? 
Oh yeah, my bad. It'll take an IPA, duh. Okay, so all right, let me try. Yeah, it looks good. Oh wow! No one's done this before. I don't know. I know I've had it, but I can't remember. Like I said, I can't remember what it tastes like. Man, it's good. That's quality. Um, you get the IPA hoppiness first off. You know what I mean, which I don't always like. But um, let me see what the APB is on there. ABV. Uh, 7.2 ALC volume. I like it, man. I mean, shoot. Yeah, go on, Sandra. I mean, it's the cherries. You um, you get more sold than the chocolate, and I think that's why I like it because of the the, the fruity, the fruitiness. But uh, yeah, I will give this four, four and a quarter. I'm not going the size of four and a half, but it's it's good. It's a good beer. Some decent beers tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I'll get it again. Uh-oh. Eric, like he's going to come sub four. <laughs> I ain't, ain't going to hold y'all, man. This is a five. Oh, okay. Hey, this is uh, – so this Energy City Brewing, and this is a uh, peach and apricot bistro crumble. Um, mm. The ironic thing is there – this was actually brewed at Occupy in Wanaki. So Occupy brewed it for Energy City. Okay. Um, so I actually, I don't know where Energy City is out of. Uh, but this is a uh, Berliner Bur- style vice beer with peach, apricot, and cinnamon. Uh, 6.5 on the uh, ABV. You get that apricot, you get the peach. Um, you see the color. You know what that color means. Yeah, it looks good. But as soon as you taste it, it boom, 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 right in the right in the row. You get the peach, the apricot, and the cinnamon. I mean, exactly as they described it. Hands down, it's a five, man. I would definitely buy this again. Bought as a single. Where you cop at? Um, I'll tell you off air. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell is you. It, is it kind of thick? It looked kind of like pureeish. No, nah, it is. It's it's thick. Um, but it's made with real fruit, so. You're getting puree in there. I mean, you can't see through this joint. Like it's look yeah. like Sunny Delight or some shit. Yeah, it does look like Sunny Delight. <laughs> hey, bro, I'm trying to tell you, like, I may go back and cop an entire four of this. Like, it's it's that good. Once again, Energy City Brewing, uh, Peach and Apple, Batavia, Illinois. E. You said out of Batavia? Yeah, Illinois. Bet. Um, and Sunny Delight is a five out of orange juice. Oh, like, no, I don't have to disagree with you. Man, yeah, we might, have have, we might have to have this a, a different discussion. Don, <laughs> I think Don nodded. Uh, nah. Sunny Delight's five. Man. Not a five, man. It's not even yeah. orange juice. Yeah, Sunny D's trash, man. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, Sunny D is trash. Oh, give it all the time. That's it's <laughs> No, nah, it's, tr- it's trash if you consider it. A, if you classify it as OJ, it's trash. Like, it's... it's it's not good. Yeah, that, oh, it's, just, that's just, it's just drink, man. It's just drink. Orange <laughs> drink. Orange average, drink. Man. <laughs> that's like the malt of OJ. You guys are wrong. Right as soon as I'm about to end done, she disappeared yeah. on the cat. Yeah. <laughs> we can go, we can go back and get some, get some, dug, <laughs> go get some sunny delight. 
All right, once again, we got the homegirl, Don Marbury. She is our Bitcoin extraordinaire. Uh, once again, we highlighted earlier in the in, in the pod that, you know what I'm saying, she has like our highest viewed YouTube video. So, you know what I'm saying? We're going to go ahead and kick it over to you. What you been up to in this, in this craziness that is crypto? What I have been up to is accumulating. I think the hardest thing to do psychologically is buy low and sell high. And I think that um, there has been a lot of buying opportunities, not just in the crypto space, but across all asset classes. And I think it is an awesome time, as we discussed in our the first time we met, you know, investing in yourself, learning more about what you want to invest in, trading and investing techniques, and just understanding that emotional intelligence part of trading. And before we go any further, happy Father's Day to all of y'all. Like, Thank yeah, like, that, I, I think that's so sad. Like, we really do our dad's Father's Day up. <laughs> like, so the fact that these dads have been getting, like, these, like, bad Father's Days, I, I feel sorry for y'all. Like, they're not doing y'all right. Like, that's not fair. Like, don't, hey, don't my dad's far, not going somewhere five-star. He's complaining. That's the way my dad is, so. <laughs> yeah, I get taken care of, man. So I, yeah, I can't get sorry. Don't feel sorry for me. I do get taken care of, like, the whole, the whole weekend. I get tech. <laughs> I get tech. Chris, Chris Rock did say, don't nobody give a fuck about daddy. <laughs> a big piece of chicken, huh? A big piece of chicken, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Don. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. So I, I think um, – it is an awesome time for folks to buy, but I preface that to say, you know, as we talked in the last time, like gambling is very easy lure um, with the cryptocurrency market, uh, particularly. I think it's, you know, it you got to be careful out there, and and research is very important. Um, I'm not sure how much you gentlemen know about the the most recent. Uh, I don't want to use the word crash, but consolidation um, that happened with Bitcoin that got us, you know, the sub 20K, like we're currently trading below 20K right now. But um, a lot of it has to do with folks um, with the, I don't know if you guys heard of the asset Luna, Terra Luna. Yeah. Um, Luna was pegged to a stable coin that didn't kind of pass something that I would invest in. And it's not to say that it was a bad investment, but, you know, when, when we talked before and I talked about the things that I look at when I'm looking at investing in an asset, the cash runway, especially with altcoins, you're going to need to look at the cash runway, um, the development in that space, in that space um, feasibility around the product they're saying that they could build. And to me, Luna didn't pass that test and you know it is alluring because you see the price action but when you're looking to hedge your portfolio with mid to long-term uh, assets that have exponential gain potential you know you really are taking a, a huge risk when you don't do your due diligence and checking out certain assets and it just seems to me the way that that was pegged to um it's called ust 
the the stable coin that it that that particular asset was pegged to and so they ran it, the what happened was the stable coin was unpegged from the asset so that way so a stable coin ideally should always be at a dollar typically so once it started um accelerating in sale and the sales uh orders were going up it caused Luna to become unpegged from UST, and um, it governed, it, it ate everything up. Like those folks lost so much money. Like, and and it was people that you know had sold earlier, and you know you're selling at the height of the bull market. That's awesome, but if you know Uncle Sam comes knocking at your door, you owe forty plus percent in capital gains taxes. You know, you could put yourself in a really bad position um, financially. So greed and fear are the two things that you constantly have to take into account um, when you're doing crypto investments. And, um, you know, finding that balance in there. And since the market is low, we have, and I think it could be low considerably longer than what it has been. But that is for uh, someone that wants to be a whale, an opportunity to accumulate at low prices. So I think that if you are someone that's looking to accumulate assets, now is a great time. If you're somebody that was buying Matic when Matic was um, $1.79, $1.50, now is a good time to bring your cost average down. Yeah. Because I, I definitely got in late. But at that price, I'm like, oh, this is this is nice. This is good for me. <laughs> but then it started tanking. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and one thing that you can't control is overall market conditions. And that's why it's so important to do that research up front because in a bear market, you know, a lot of value is going to collapse. But it will return if there's product development in that space, if it's feasible what they're saying they're going to build, if it has a strong use case and a strong team. Um, I believe Matic is going to come back very resilient once the market returns. But how long it's going to take for the market return, your guess is as good as mine. Every model that these these quote-unquote gurus made failed in 2021, I mean, excuse me, 2022, um, you know, but who's to account for a war? The reason I was able to get, I'm still up in my portfolio as massive as the collapse has been, the consolidation has been, but it's because I bought in so low. If it wasn't for COVID in 2020, I wouldn't have been able to buy in that low. So there's always going to be people that are able to take advantage of a crisis and this is the mindset we have to switch to when we are maybe you know underwater with these kind of investments um because we can actually bring down our dollar our our cost average um when times like this and um you know take advantage like a i i believe barring a a entire world collapse bitcoin is going to come back like, but if, if, you know, there's a nuclear bomb, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, the U.S. dollar's dead then. <laughs> exactly. And the dollar's trading very strong right now, as well as the um, 
I almost said USSR. That would have been terrible. The Russian say <laughs> ruble. Is that how you say that? I think yeah. I think ruble. You're right. yeah. Those are trading very strong, and you know assets across the board like um we were saying before you guys jumped online one of the things i'm looking at is music catalogs like i want to buy me songs so um i'm looking at adding that to my portfolio you know owning the licenses the license of music so i think that there is it's a great way to diversify your portfolio with everything going on in the market i think um it was uh william buffett that said when there's blood in the streets that's when you're supposed to be buying do yeah. i think bitcoin is going to could go lower um yes yes but i do also think anything under 30k is free money uh, yeah i want to i want to stop you there don because you you said something that uh, I, i've touched on with somebody recently about taking advantage of crisis you know i, I think other people do it all the time and, and we kind of look at it more so as like, oh, you know, that's a bad situation and, and don't, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, look for opportunities in those bad situations. And, and like you said, I mean, when when something goes awry, it might be a, a good opportunity for you financially if, you know, if, if you can take advantage of it at that time. I think we, like you said, we got to shift our mindset to go, like, hey, man, you know, this is, this is a time to get in. Somebody saying if you liked bitcoin at 50 and 60,000 you ought to love it at 20. But yeah. I think the, that thing but a lot of times you look at it though so people that was buying at 50 like they've taken a significant hit. So like mm -hmm. you, you got to shift your mindset to like if you believe in bitcoin you believe it's going to come back. Yeah. But we always say it's not a loss until you sell it. So like exactly. if you if you continue to buy low, you drop your overall average. Your average, yeah, like Don was saying, your cost average. Yeah, and, and it's a unique time to be able to do that. Like, and you know, and you don't have to spend your whole paycheck to do it because it's so low. You can do that, and that's why I love DCA. Like, compounding that adds up. Uh, um, incremental. Um, those those little incremental gains lead to exponential gains when now, you add what, them up. What is DCA for our listeners? Can you explain that? Oh, okay, my bad. That's no, dollar that's right. cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging. Okay. And that is say you know you make five hundred dollars a week and you you can only afford to invest a hundred dollars a week, so you. Invest $100 a week, every week, and you just make that commitment to yourself. Some people do $100 a day. It's some people that do $1,000 a week. It's, some, it's just, you. it's a really important time not to gamble and to really um, assess your risk right. aversion, like where you are as far as how much risk can I afford to take on? And as long as you operate within those parameters and you've done your research on what you're looking to invest in, um, you know, it is an opportune time to accumulate assets all across the board, whether it's crypto, commodities, music. I believe the housing market is going to uh, 
lean towards a buyer's market um, as we've been in a seller's market for a, a while in the housing market as well. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of volatility in our economic markets across the board, just with what's going on in the world. But if you can strategically align your risk with that research, it's an opportunity for exponential gain. I'm going to tell you all what I like about Don. She always gets on here and preaches risk aversion. And then the other thing is, um, shit, I just forgot, but but <laughs> the risk aversion it's that beer, and, then, man. and then yeah and then the part about uh you know the, the the gambling it's like she doesn't just hop on here and say hey you know do this you're gonna make a ton of money it, oh you know what it, it was it was the research risk aversion and research she's always preaching those two things it's like i'm i'm not just getting on here and telling you buy this buy that you're gonna be rich it's like nah do your research and make sure that whatever you buy and you can you know afford <laughs> If, if if it goes left, you can afford to be all right. And that's and I think that's what is key in all investments is gamble. You know, what are you willing to lose? Yeah. Are you comfortable losing that? If you're comfortable losing it, then go ahead and put it out there. And <laughs> and during this downturn, that's been my methodology with my my because if if your methodology methodology doesn't change during a downturn, then you're not doing something right with your investment. So my method has been to go ahead and still buy since it's so low, but also know that my risk is a little higher now because we don't know what the market's going. Am I comfortable with it? So I think that comfort zone, like you said, Don, as long as you're comfortable, uh, do what you can do, but don't stop. You know what I mean? Just don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And don't over leverage yourself. There's people that may tend to invest more than they can afford to lose just because the prices are so low. Right. Now, I mean, it's like I said, I think anything under 30K is free money. But if you get a $1,000 paycheck and you put $975 in the market at Bitcoin is trading at $19,900, what do you want to do in two weeks when it's at fifteen? You know, like that is a significant loss. That's uh, stupid. stupid. You know, but it, but people gamble like that though. Like it's so it's so many people like yeah they got gamble problems. all the time. They got and, gambling and talk, problems. Yeah, and and crypto is full of that, and it's so right. easy to do it. I had one of my friends reach out to me, and he's like, "Well, what should I get next?" And I'm like, "Well, you probably should accumulate what you have been accumulating." instead of finding something new, because it's not that you can't find something new, but research it first. You know, a lot of, th of this space, and I'm sure you guys experience it with stocks, people are just looking to buy what's hot. And by the time somebody you're doing that, you're making somebody else rich because your money is that what they're going to be, you know, you're running the price up for them to sell. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's important to balance that. And I think sometimes it, these markets present just if you have poor impulse control, a bad situation. Right. That's, that's, that's yeah. a good word. Impulse control. I heard somebody refer to Bitcoin. I forget. I, I wish I remembered who it was, but they referred to Bitcoin as a Ponzi scheme. It's the people who got in on the base are reaping all the benefits 
of everybody else that's coming in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I so think all investments are Ponzi schemes. Yeah, I was going to say, you could say that about stocks. Yeah. You come in late, you know what I'm saying? You got to kind of wait a while for your return, um, which was kind of interesting. Um, Donna, I had a question for you. And so in the in the stock space, like we, well, I'm going to say we, but when I listen to, you know what I'm saying, people talk, professionals and whatnot, like there's four people, there's four companies that they stick with, uh, Google, Microsoft, Apple, and uh, Amazon. Tesla or Amazon. Yeah. So when you look at Bitcoin, is it the same thing where, you know what I'm saying, there's there's four that kind of that, that cream rises to the top, even in adversity. Like the, wow. we know that these are going to bounce back, that you can kind of count on, not saying, hey, we're not a bodies, but these uh-huh. are the ones who have proven to stand the test of time. Well, I think because this space is so new that it could change. Um, you know, I think Luna was a very a, a top a top thirty coin that is falling to oblivion. I think you know with Litecoin, um, XRP. Those are uh, I would say legacy altcoins. Um, Ethereum. Um, again, I think that these are good buys, but as far as what you're looking at when you say Amazon, Google, I feel that the space is too new to designate something that much of a blue chip other than Bitcoin in this space. Now, I know we talked about Matic. I know we talked about Reserve rights. I know that we talked about Luxo. Um, I believe that those three are unique altcoins um, that I believe will be resilient during a bull, a bear market, but I believe that there will be multiple altcoins that could show resiliency during a bear market. And as far as a blue chip, the only blue chip coin I would say is Bitcoin, just because this is such a brand new space. I liken this, like the companies that you're talking about, like, you know, I think that those are like Apple, that that company's been around since what, 1977, you know, and, and was really the pioneer of the computer age the information age, like it was the, the must-have device. And Steve Jobs went through multiple incarnations to have the Apple that we see today. You know, Amazon, I believe, came out in 1997. Um, I don't think that we've had a – this space is so new and so wild, wild westy, per se, that I don't think that you can give that title to anything but Bitcoin at this time. I think that there is a lot of growth left in this market and a lot of product development left to do. And I think um, Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin, those are going to be your most popular. Will they be the most exponential gain? I don't think that those two things necessarily correlate. And I don't think that there has been the type of worldwide adaptation of cryptocurrency to designate 
any of the coins yet as like a blue chip, like those stocks you were describing. Well, I mean, and I mean, it's almost like e what you were saying is like too big to fail. Like it's Bitcoin too big to fail. Amazon too big to fail. Um, <laughs> you know, and and I'm not too concerned because if you look at if you look at your stocks, if you look at your portfolio, it's down. I mean, I, mine is down. Typically, when I look at my portfolio versus my my wallets, there's a correlation. So if my if my stocks are down, my Bitcoin is down. If if my stocks have a cold, my Bitcoin has the flu. Got COVID. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> if my if my portfolio is doing well, sinus infection. <laughs> <laughs> if my portfolio is doing well, my Bitcoin is about to retire me. You know what I mean? So. It's a correlation, so it it's a waiting game. I mean, you know, we, I'm not I'm not too. I mean, my my Bitcoin is is, is nasty. It's, it's low, but so is my so is, <laughs> so is my portfolio. I mean, that's not. I mean, it's when I how much I how much I had in there versus now, that's nasty. I mean, it's <laughs> to, to me, man, my my investments aren't they're they're long term investments. So yeah. I don't Good I don't point. really I don't I don't. Good point. I'm telling you right now, like, I don't check my portfolio every day. Right. Because it, it doesn't concern me because I'm in it for the long haul. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm diligently waiting. I'm, I'm, right. investing, I'm investing. I'm investing. I'm investing. I'm in it for the long haul. So I'm not trying to get rich overnight. So it doesn't really bother me. So yeah. Only thing that bothers me is, my, is that Dogecoin and Tilray. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take losses you know i think I mean? we all got some coins yeah. or coins or stocks that are yeah, you're gonna take some but until i sell it I, i'm not realizing that loss so i don't care yeah. and that's why we gotta stop listening to idiots man we was listening to that group text and somebody threw that tilray out there and then we all jumped on it and now we man. all <laughs> hey can we can we talk about a bull in a bear market a bull market is is it 20 percent from the top and bear is 20 from the bottom, like what's the definition of bull and bear? Um, I don't know the exact parameters, but a bear market is kind of what we're experiencing. When you see constant red and constant pain, <laughs> that's a bear market. And a bull market is when, you know, that fear and, and greed index is flipped all the way green to greed. And everybody is um of seemingly making a lot of profits and it's not that but i don't think that um bull markets are unsustainable or anything like that but i just feel that we had a very random weird set of events consecutively since 2020 that have impacted the world and you know crypto is the most susceptible of all the markets to feel that volatility so it's just a unique set of situations. And for some people, they're going to be able to accumulate assets that give them life-changing amounts of wealth. And there's some people that are going to panic and sell. And there's some people that are going to buy too late. And once Bitcoin is at 70000 60000 80000 that's when they're going to want to start buying. And those will be the people that we make money off of, you know? And I do definitely think retail money will be it back in the space. But again, there's some weird stuff going on in the world. So 
while it's important to to be vigilant over your funds, it's also important to to take advantage of these crisis opportunities because this is where you get exponential gains. Like I wish I was more aware when the pandemic first hit because it was just a fire. Oh, man, facts. Mm -hmm. I, I was unaware and dug. Um, I don't know if Eric and Blast is already in, but in our group, our group text, they were just talking about stocks, and I, I wasn't on it because I wasn't in that space yet. So it was like I was tuning myself out. I had I should have got in because it was just, everything was just on sale, and it was so much money to be made. I guarantee yeah. you, it's a whole bunch of millionaires made it during the pandemic. Which, which is how it is right now. Too. I mean, yeah. it's it's a the, lot of money during the <laughs> pandemic. Yes, yeah. it might it might be better than. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's better, but I mean, it's close to where it, it was at. <laughs> and I think Very with this, I think with this situation here is there's not as much, um, what's the word, uncertainty, like. There was a lot of uncertainty with COVID. Like, we didn't know what the hell was going on. Like, are we all going to die? Like, is the world coming to an end? Like, now I think, you know what I'm saying, we know that, okay, things are going to change. And it's more like it's more than likely going to change in the next election cycle. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Like, that when this thing cycles around and we get a new swoop of, you know what I'm saying, whatever it is in the, in the midterm, I think you're going to see the economy change. And then when we get the presidential elections, then you're going to see it take off because everybody's going to be excited about whoever's in there, especially if it's their person. Um, so like you said, now is the time to to keep putting money into it and driving down that cost average. Because I look at some of the stuff like that I have, like I have Tesla, Microsoft, Apple. Um, yeah, Tesla's down. Yeah, way down. But I got in Tesla like really low. So I'm like still up on Tesla. Yeah, me too. Uh, I thought Tesla was a deal up under 1000 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got I got in Tesla when I, I bought Tesla when it was around three something. And yeah, that, that's um, when I got in in the good three. Money. You know what I'm and there's people that bought it like even lower than that. Um I think once the once the feds do what they're gonna do with these interest rates and, and try to get this, this inflation under control before it turns into a recession. Now if it turns into a recession, which all indicators are saying that we are going into a recession, mm -hmm. um it's, it's gonna be some tough times as far as both of them, and we just got to weather the storm at that point. Yeah, it's but still, there's still opportunities in the recession. Yeah, that interest rate is killing me, man. I, um, so I'll tell this story real quick. I put a deposit down on a new built condo in August of 2021. Interest rates were like sub three percent at that time, I do believe. <clears throat> um, I just recently the condo is coming up on completion uh, here in probably the next 30 to 45 days. So I had them rerun my stuff. Because obviously you can't lock in an interest rate for a year. Uh, typically, the interest rate you can lock it from thirty to sixty. The most I've ever seen is like one twenty. Three percent, like the interest rate has gone up for me three percent, and that's not you know attributed to my credit or anything else. It's just what it is. It, it that translate into an additional five hundred dollars on what I would have been paying if I if I could have closed back in August of twenty twenty one. Um. Because it is a deal, and I've analyzed it as a deal, I still went through with my purchase, but it's like, man, my spending power has been, because it's like, man, an additional $500, and when you look at that, obviously, I won't have that same mortgage over the life of 30 years, but that's an additional $180,000 in interest 
if I was to run with that, you know what I'm saying? Alone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, and you don't think about that when you when you hear the Fed talking about, hey, we going up, you know, a quarter of a percent, or we going up 0.75%, but when you start making multiple hundred thousand dollar purchases, that's a huge number. Well, that's why they go up incrementally. When they when they're when they're going up, they'll they'll raise prime up. Like I'm not sure what prime is right now, but um they'll take it up a quarter, a quarter, then until until right now where we're I'm not sure what your mortgage rate is. It's none of my business, but you tell us. High AF. But for a while, the interest rates were at 2.93% in the housing market. You can get a mortgage for 3%. I'm not sure if that's where you started. But um, a 5% loan right now is still a deal compared to over a 10-year average. I mean, five percent is still lovely. Six percent. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard it's still. I heard rates are still historically low. Right over over time. fifteen twenty year average, a six percent is beautiful. But what we're living in, we were living in like a utopia of this two point nine percent, which are unheard of. Like when I refinanced this house, it was at two point nine four, and flex. No, that's not a flex. <laughs> that's not a flex. That's just. There's nothing else I can do. So it's like when when, drop. <laughs> when when um when when rates go up to like you know three point four and you're trying to get some cash out, where you you gonna pay that three point four percent to get that line of credit? You know what I mean? But your your mortgage rate is at two point nine. So it's we were living well. You know if if they continue to go up, it'll be bad. But if they ever get down to two point nine. I don't know why everybody wasn't buying mortgages. I mean, I don't know why everybody should get into a house at 2.9%. I mean, if their credit was able to get them in there, it's crazy. I mean, that's almost, I mean, it's not 0%, but if you're talking, <laughs> the, if you're talking in the twos, I mean, that's, but that's fine. Like, Whatever crime is, like, though. Credit-wise, huh? like, I qualify for the low rates when they were available. It's just Black. that this particular huh? <laughs> That ain't a flex. <laughs> uh, it's just that this particular project, the development, is running. It, it ran behind and got delayed. And so now I'm stuck in a situation where even though I got good credit, like the interest rate is what the interest rate is. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, man, ain't nobody flex. <laughs> I mean, between you and you and Doug, like, I got in for 2.9. Hey, I could qualify. But you know what? That, that, means, that means we know what we're doing. That means we're – we're able to speak on the shit because if I wouldn't want to talk to nobody with a ten percent interest rate, <laughs> man, you can't tell me nothing. If you're on this podcast talking ten percent, why you know, so, why you so about the flex though? You man. need to hang up. You need to hang up if you had ten percent. Yeah, it was like so. a bodybuilder contest between these two. <laughs> ain't nobody flexing, man. But hey, hops and stocks, man. When we talk about credit, yeah, I, I tell you, I got damn near a perfect credit score. <laughs> why? Why is it so bad to flex, though? Man, you should be proud of your. Of your <laughs> I am. <Yeah. laughs> I didn't say I wasn't. I, I was trying. I was trying. I to said, be, hop off if you got ten percent rate. You need to hop off this bit. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we not in the same room. If you got, we don't want to hear you. Hey, <laughs> you're not doing something right if you. If you're earning only ten percent on on, <laughs> Doug, if I had bad credit, would you still be my friend, man? Yeah, I would. And I would advise you to go to Eric to get your get your score up. I mean, if, if you're at a, if you're at a, 
if you had a ten, like why are you even why are you even purchasing? Like? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is bad credit? Is it, is it under seven? Is bad credit under seven? What? In bad my credit. opinion, in my opinion, seven hundred score. Yeah, what's bad credit? Six fifty under six fifty under seven. What? If you're in the sixties, you got. If you're in the sixties, you, you got bad credit. Yeah, if so, you, I'm gonna put anything, it like this. Under se- anything under seven is bad credit. Hey, now nah, hold on. I'm gonna put it like this. Hey, anybody, anybody listening to the podcast right now under a seven, I need you to go ahead and just pause this content right here because you can't, you can't talk to us right now. I'm wow. not saying that. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm not saying that either. I'm, yeah, not I'm, saying a, it. I'm under hey, seven. That's because at one point time, I was under seven. It's been that's some fine. years. Fine, I was I was under seven, but you know. But the the thing is, and we don't. All right, you know what? Because life happens. Everybody's life yeah, circumstances. Life yeah, I mean, every every you know, I mean, something may happen, and then, but that's that's neither here or there. I'm, what I'm saying is that. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying get, is I'm at a two point nine. So for you to get a good interest rate, is based on credit. You know what I mean? And if we're on here talking that we have a we have a credit professional. <laughs> and if if all our scores on over, our scores on over seven uh, seven hundred, then we're we're doing something wrong. Eric, you're not serving us. We're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if, if everybody on this pod had less than seven hundred, then Eric, you're not a good friend. <laughs> hey man, my, my services are available. Like you, you haven't let that be known. <laughs> you've called me before, and I've told you some stuff what to do. <laughs> yeah, but I was over a seven. Though. I didn't need to really. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I was well. I was well over a seven. You know he said, said, "I didn't need you, really." Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, I really don't want to talk to anybody on this podcast if you're not over eight fifty. Oh, then everybody's going to be quiet then. Let's <laughs> hang up. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to myself. I'll talk to myself. <laughs> I can't even flex. I, ha- I haven't. I, I've never had an eight hundred. Oh, good. It's it's the only reason that I don't have an eight was uh. I paid off my car, and it's as stupid as all get out, but mix of credit is a huge factor in your overall credit score. I paid off my car, and that actually dropped my credit by 20 points. And at that point, I was at a 797, and it dropped it down. I was just like, I'm like, this is stupid. So so a person – I don't get that. I don't get that. So you, you paid off your car. Yeah. Score dropped. Because your your mix of credit. So just say, Doug, you probably have a car payment, a mortgage, and revolving credit, which would be credit cards. So that's a perfect balance and mix of credit. I don't have a mortgage. I no longer have a car payment. So now all I have is revolving credit. So you so you become more risky as a, a borrower because <clears throat> because the credit is just based on your risk. I mean, are you are you a risky buyer or not? So I don't know how you become more of a risk in the eyes of of lenders without minus minus a car payment so it's the mix so when i okay well yeah it's the mix so there's there's all those different factors there's the mix there's credit utilization um there's length of history it's five things and they're just they're slipping my mind right now but the mix like i said if all you have is revolving credit then you you basically you're not showing that you have any basically like any, anything secured. So once I get my mortgage, I'm going to see my score probably in a 30 to 60 day cycle shoot right back up. Gotcha. Now I have, I've added something to my mix. A lot of times, if you go into, if cats have like my FICO or Experian, you can go into your profiles and it'll tell you exactly what's impacting your credit score. It'll say, Hey, you don't have a mortgage or you don't have a installment loan or you have you know too much revolving credit or something i don't i don't i don't get statements like that buddy 
Talk your shit, man. You got it. You got it. We didn't got off topic a little bit. Let's circle yeah, back. That's all good. it back in. You know, hey. real Don back into our conversation. Real, real talk. The the title of this pod should be um, from from green to greed. There you go, Blast. All right. It. I thought I was gonna name it Doug yeah, Flexing, but I got you <laughs> right. Flexing. So Don, obviously you you you've been in the crypto space for for a while now, um, and very knowledgeable about the space. So when when things started, just the bottom kind of fell out. Like, what was your your first move? Like, what did what did you do to kind of like you you know assess your risk and start planning your new strategy at these at these prices? Well, the first thing that I thought is again, I knew that there was a something that was not necessarily because the of the crypto market itself, but just the conditions that are going on in the world. And the first thing I thought is like, oh, it's an opportunity for me. Like, I'm going to be super rich. I want to be wealthy. That's what I thought. Now that's the flex. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, it's an opportunity for me to buy more of what I thought was good buys in the first place. So I, I really didn't change um, my strategy. And I know that sounds terrible because you should constantly – be looking for improvement but the what i did was just kind of look at diversification opportunities like i said like i i'm going to start buying music and um licenses for music and it just gave me a gave me opportunity to to look at that um i put the the link in the chat that i was referring to but you know i just thought like okay this is a cool opportunity you know you can buy publishing from future and nba young boy for under two thousand dollars like why wouldn't you do that if you could you know what i mean and i just think um the initial first thought when when i saw you know the we missed third we went below thirty thousand we went below 25 we went below 22 you know we touched 17.5 you know and i was thinking about buying Migos licenses, like, oh, 17.5, same color t-shirt, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking, honestly, like, I felt like, I felt that it was a God-given opportunity for diversification and expansion and accumulation. <clears throat> Got you. I mean, that's, that's not, that's not what that, I was thinking. I was thinking, like, oh, that music, shit. That music flips was <laughs> <hooked."> <laughs> Yeah, like, um, Bodak Yellow, $8,056. I don't know if y'all can see that, but when you... What, when you what do you do with that? What do you do with well, that? Well, you can license it. Like, say, you know, J-Lo want to be in a movie being a stripper again, and, you know, you <laughs> own Bodak Yellow, and you can... I used to intern for a lady years ago when I used to live in Atlanta. Her name was Toy Green, and she was like... Um, she worked for John... She was an A&R. She was downsized when music sparked changing in the digital age but she submitted music for soundtracks commercials mm. constantly all the time so it's like i knew that there was money in it because when i was young i used to sub file the submissions for her or and find and find what was looking for music so i think um you know 
that's just something I'm looking because I love music and that's just I just thought it would be cool like man if I could own you know somebody's parts of someone's catalog a song and someone's catalog that I really respect you know that's a nice um you know thing to own but it's also a lot of potential as you know hip-hop music and it doesn't necessarily have to be hip-hop but just music in general as it is um you know infused more into our culture more into the way that we you know market things I just feel that you know it's a potential opportunity for growth there but I feel that across lots of spaces Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy my daddy some gold for his for Christmas like I'm so excited to give my father an ounce of gold like he's going to love that you know what I mean and go front some gold fronts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's not one of them kind of dads. I wish he was. A grill? You buying him a grill? Yeah, I wish he was. But hey, um, that's next level, Don. I mean, that that buying in the catalogs. I mean, that's next level. So it's, it, it's not very expensive. I mean, but it's just you have to know again risk aversion and and research on the market. There's still things that I'm doing research in the market. I have you know friends that. Um, are in the music industry and he was so excited when I told him that I'm looking at adding music to my portfolio. So every piece of music isn't up for sale. Mm-mm. Somebody records the music, somebody owns the rights to it. It has to be up for sale for you to even purchase an it. Auction. That, uh-huh. that what I sent you in the chat is an auction. So are you are you the sole owner or are you buying a percentage of the overall package so just saying like you said bodak yellow is 8500 if you are the winning bid at say ten thousand, are you a percentage owner or do you have 100 or whatever the available percentage is of that 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 license so on the royalty exchange site you're going to see a mix of everything you're going to see something that have the the life of the the rights for the life of the 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 song, some of them are 10 years, some of them are percentages, some of them are outright ownership. So you're going to see a mix of quite a few things once you start um, pouring through what's available. And, you know, and like I said, it's not just rap music. If you want to buy Enrique Iglesias, you could buy that. If you want to buy, you, I just love hip hop music. And, you know, I am interested in that. But gospel, pop, jazz uh, all of those um songs are up for across the you know the music um genres are for sale um on auctions are, is every single song ever recorded for sale no but some some songs are and it will surprise you some of the ones that you'll see you know um i'm looking at little kim's crush on you for a 10-year license and it's currently um, highest offer at $12,426. Like, now imagine if Netflix decides to put out a dating show and they want Crush on You to be the song. Right. Like, you yeah, know. Done. Yeah, she's smart. Like, Cameron was talking about that on Drink Champs. I think he had to wait like 20 years for his first album. Uh-huh. Either he bought it back or he re-recorded everything. Then mm-hmm. um, it was Cameron and it was Ashanti. Mm-hmm. Either she waited a certain amount of time 
and re-recorded everything, or she just bought her whole catalog back. But, yeah. so what, what does that do, B Dub? What does that do when they re-record it? Does that reset everything? I mean, why I think, they yeah, then they then they own the rights to it because I get they had, I think whoever had the rights to the song, it had like a ten or twenty year um, lifespan on it. He oh. waited that he waited that lifespan out, and then he re-recorded everything, and now he owns everything. Like, yeah, man, that's. So I wonder if this ties into because you've heard over the past maybe like five years of these mega artists selling their catalogs. I believe Wayne sold his catalog for nine figures. Most recently, um, Justin Timberlake sold his catalog for a hundred million. So I'm wondering if, if these people that are purchasing these catalogs are taking them to these royalty exchanges and auctioning off that. I think it's a mix of everything. Okay. I think it's a mix of everything. And there's so much movement, as you were saying, with people selling their catalogs. Like, it's always somebody, and it's somebody, people you never suspect. Like, I've seen Bob Dylan selling his catalog. Like, what in the world with Bob Man. Dylan, you know? Like, but there is a lot of money in music licensing. So I think when we have these kind of economic downturns, like, you know, it is an opportunity for, you know, a, a lot of diversification in your portfolio, an opportunity to own things that you never thought about owning or thought you couldn't afford to own, you so know? Now, what's, what's your projection? So if you, if you bought into one of these um, catalogs, what's your projection on how much you put in versus how much you would get out? Like, what's, you know, what's that, what's your cost benefit or, or your profit benefit or your margin? Well, I'm not sure yet. Because um, I'm still doing the initial research. Okay. Um, I don't know anyone that is doing this. Right, right. So I'm still um, getting my feet wet with my research and understanding. But do I think selecting the right song, owning the right song? I mean, it, I, I definitely think that there could be some potential in that, you know. So when, so when people play a song that's licensed and they don't have um, permission or if they haven't paid for it, do you need attorneys to go after them? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. For you to recoup, if, if someone messes up and plays something that you own, then you have to have some a machine going after them to get that money. For example, I was watching Netflix and Snoop Doggy Dog was saying, don't play too much of that Anita Baker um, or, we're gonna, or Netflix is going to have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. so, so I wonder what is that, what is that, what is that cost that he's thinking in his head that Netflix is going to have to pay? Because essentially they would have to pay you if you own part of that license. That's correct. Right. And that's what the cool thing about it is and how it, it's a certain amount of time frame, yeah. you know, uh, and I don't know what the time frame is. I don't know if it's different audio and visual or just audio itself, but um, I definitely understand that um people can't just use your music willy-nilly like if i was selling like i i've decided i want to sell crystals or something i can't play beyonce's music in the background without getting a lawsuit or a cease and desist and you know and again i i think that's really cool that you brought that up you know find finding a good lawyer that might be something else you know, during these economic downturn times, you know, a good thing to invest in. I think just like we talked in our first conversation, 
investing in yourself and learning more about what you're investing in is, you know, the most important thing before you even buy that first asset. So I am still um, getting a working understanding. I don't think I'm an expert in crypto. I, I don't think I'm an expert in IT, an expert in any of these things, but I am always looking for a working understanding. So that's what I'm working towards with, um, you know, understanding more about music. Well, you're, you an expert, you're an expert in blowing our minds every single time. We <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, breaking news. Doug just said he was listening to Snoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> so I, was watching, I was watching Snoop Doggy Dog special on Netflix. Hey, now, hey. That's not listening. That's watching Snoop Doggy Dog on Netflix. Might be, might be, even, might be even better. <laughs> Netflix is a visual, not not a <laughs> You said you couldn't stand the Corona commercials, man. <laughs> like that's what man, he, he had comedians. He has he had. I mean, if you watch it, it's pretty good comedians on his. Oh. I, heard, I heard it was funny. Breaking news. He said Snoop's pretty good. So, Don, <laughs> I know one thing that you said that you leveraged uh, in our first conversation was Twitter. Is that the same thing? Like, is there a lot of chatter around? Like, I'm really curious about this music exchange because we're all into music. Um, that's how we kind of came together as a collective. May even have some music to license. If yeah, we need up. I'm going to buy into your catalog, beat up. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm buy, I'll buy your shit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. I already got the beat up catalog. It's I'll, on see, my phone. I'll it's see you on my a couple phone, dollars bro. tomorrow. <laughs> I got the beat up catalog. Are you doing? Is there is there a chatter around Twitter that's kind of like driving that drove you to this? Like, no. I, okay. Just the diversification opportunity, and um, like I said, I have a friend that's in the music industry, um, and I've just Flex. always yeah. kind of tanking the bangers. <laughs> Everybody support them. But, um, I Kim does, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does their makeup and their keyboard player, Norman Spence, is my homeboy. And okay. he and I talk just about every day. And like you like you see, Eric, um, I just constantly kept seeing people selling their music catalog. Yeah. And me and my sister would have conversations about it. She's a, a culture writer and one of the hats that she wears. And, you know, it just seemed like for two years every month somebody was selling their catalog so that's what really got my interest i haven't seen people talking about this on twitter yet but i don't necessarily like following i don't like following the herd so i'm one of those people if they're going left i'm going right like push the t has in a song if they go in coop i'm going forward like damn you know what, Don? We going right. Don? We going a different direction. We're like, going right. gotta, gotta think outside the box. So I like I like this direction we're going in right now. Yeah, we going this right, is, man. This, this is like two different pods right here. Two different in. pods. <laughs> I'm gonna drink some Coors Light this year, man. Hey, I had to go ahead and change it up, man. Hey. <laughs> uh, anybody? Anybody got anything else? No, nah, man, I I think it's a good wrapping point, but I do want to ask Don since, you know, she comes on and she chops it up about the music with us too. Um, give me something I need to be listening to and give me your album of 2022 for the first half so far. First half so far? Yeah. You put it on the I, you know, I know that I just said this man's name T. a couple of minutes ago. It's T. 
And um, this man is one of my favorite football players. He just recently tweeted about this album, Tom Brady. He likes Pusha T. Oh, what, Tom Brady messes and with Pusha T? Yes, Tom Brady messes <laughs> with Pusha T. He thinks it's the album of the year, and I agree with that man. I, I haven't heard I anything Tom Brady, but... that I like <laughs> as much as I like Pusha T's album all the way through. Um so for me, that neck and wrist don't lie. I think that is awesome. You know, I think it's dope. I that love was, him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I, I like the push it. What you, do y'all like the best? I wish I could show you my text messages because somebody just texted me like, man, I, I listened to that push it again, and I think you're right. It's, it's you know he was he was clouded by Kendrick Lamar. I'm like, nah, man. Push it. Push it. T versus the, the coupling of his lyrics and the production. I think I think it is. I think it's the one right now. I've been yeah. I've been banging four albums lately. All eyes on me. Um, the best of Mob Deep. Um, I love Starface has an album now. It, it's, it's not mainstream. I heard you be listening to Hebrew Children. I heard you be listening to Hebrew Children. <laughs> I don't know what we got against the Hebrews, but we are gonna move right along. <laughs> It was four. Damn, it was four hours. It was, it was, yeah, what was the fourth one? Push it Starface, um, Pot, Snow. <laughs> Doggy style. Doggy style. Oh, Those are classics. Classic. It's always time to me. That's, but that's that's why yeah. I like Snoop. Snoop just has classics. He has nothing recent that you love. You know what I mean? He has always one class, about, he has, it's he always has about one his classics, class. man. man he, has, I, he has one I class. would like to have Snoop as a friend of the show, so let's not get right, to Snoop, man. I think uh, that Death Row album is dope. Did y'all listen to it? Which one? The new Death Row album. No, I'm not hip to it. And that new album goes. Y'all got to listen to it. The Death you know? Row that Snoop owns? The new yes. Death Row that Snoop owns? The new, the NFT Death Row. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. I'll pass. Yes. I, I mean, mean it is good. It is good. Like it's the same old that we love. It's the same classic Snoop. Like if you like his old stuff, I mean it's not you no know, gin and juices on there, but you know, it's definitely music that we would listen to and love and vibe to. Like I wouldn't just pass it up. Like just listen to it once. What and happened with Snoop though is I think Snoop was ahead of his time and he didn't he didn't develop as a <laughs> Nah, he didn't Snoop didn't develop as a lyricist. This man went out of the picture. As the years went by. Like when Snoop first came out, I thought Snoop could really rap. But as Snoop aged and as the times kept growing, I felt like, yo, know, I can't really now, Snoop, <laughs> Snoop has a hot song. Like he's good for a hot song, but I can't Well not not now he's not good for a hot song, but man, y'all like Doggy Style. Thank you. Doggy style, deep cover, hot. Cube, same way. NWA, his first like album. We were kids. We were kids. <laughs> what about Don Don Mega? Beat up. Is, is Don Mega good? Who? Oh. Don, Don Mega. Is that is okay. that good? Cube. I think Snoop has the best image that that anyone has created in hip hop. Like his image is very very likable. He's marketable. It's, 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 you can digest Snoop, but lyrically you. I can't, I can't, I can't digest them at all. Well, Doug, you, you appreciated, Doug, I mean, uh, Snoop on Doggy Style, right? Yes, yes, but that's the classic stuff, man. He didn't evolve. 
Like yeah, he, he only, he, Snoop realistically only had one classic album. Yeah, yeah, really. Doggy Style, that's it. Starts and stops. What he did on No Limit. Uh, Listen, man. people who respect Snoop, give me some, give me some Snoop where he featured and like, man, damn, Snoop body that shit. I do not want to wrap up this, this classic. Man, on a, a Snoop tangent. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, man. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all don't like Snoop on none of Nas's albums. That's Doug. That's Doug. Who don't like. I, Snoop. I don't think anybody on the pod is currently checking for Snoop. Like, I mess with. I mess with. <laughs> I mess with. Listen to the Death Row album. Like, I, I listen heavy. to all new and old hip hop still. But like, Snoop, you always welcome to come on the show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Y'all better not have the dog father not on. Here. Snoop has been on with Nas. Yeah, like what? Snoop has quite a few songs with Nas. Like bangers? Like what? What's? I think they're. I think they Same go hard. Hey, what, what we can do is, hey, he rap this, and so and we can play that song. I'm about to say, and again, we're back right. to talking Snoop. <laughs> All right, wrap this up real quickly. Do y'all like right, Nas? Right. Dog Nas. Dog Father out. Dog Father out. All right. Hey, once again, thanks, Don. Thanks. For tuning in. You're more than welcome to come back. Oh, no. Big Snoop Dogg. Back to the Yeah, he's baby. the baby. I am really trying to get off this. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Hey, go ahead, man. Do it. Here, go ahead, man. I love Snoop. I love Snoop. Hey, guy. all right. Once again, thanks for joining the Hops and Stars podcast. It's episode 42. Don, thanks for joining us. We You always come through with the knowledge and the jewels. Appreciate now we have moved on to a whole new space with this royalty exchange. Um, I'm excited to learn about it. We out. Podcast is presented by Hunter Smoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. Trademark copyrighted by Hunter Smoke Media Group.